So uh, can you all read the boxes from back there? How about somebody in the back? Bernice, can you read the boxes, Glenn, on the stage? Good. Thank you, thank you. I just need to know. Nothing I can do to change it anyway if you can't, but uh, I'll explain them in a minute so you're all good. So I just want to just start off by doing a few things. First of all, just uh, Russ and Vicky. Russ is back from the, been in the hospital for three months. So we're just so thankful. We've been praying for Russ faithfully. And uh, Vicki, you're awesome. You're an amazing wife, supporting your husband and uh, just blessing. We're just so thankful that you guys are here today. Amen? And so I think, Nick, is this the week that you leave? Le- Nick, went you wave it? So everybody, Nick's been singing. You've seen him the last few weeks singing. He's going to New Zealand. Apparently the Lord is leading him there. <laughs> and, uh, but I think he's gone for six, six, is it? Three months? Two months. Two months, and then you're back? Bring in a little New Zealand honey with you. No? No? (laughs) He received that by faith because he shrugged. If she's there, I'll take her. Amen. Yeah, I was just speaking prophetically because you can't stay there. You have to come back. Amen? So be blessed as you go, and uh, God God be with you. So I'm going to make sure this doesn't fall out of my stand here. Hang on. Mitch, I think you wrecked this when you dropped it. But we'll... No, okay, we're good. Don't worry about it. Okay, thanks, though. Whew. Uh, wasn't worship fun today? Yeah, you know, I have to tell you, I just love, I love when I see the worship team worshiping. That, to me, is when I, I actually, I don't know about you guys, in the, but in the front row, when I see the worship team worshiping as they're singing, then I just, that just, like, Wow. That's when I want, to, I want to sing all the more. So I appreciate our worship team. Thank you for your hard work. And uh, let's give them a hand right now. Amen. So last week we started our, our series on uh, the living hope. And the living hope of the church is, is really the soon return of Jesus Christ. And so last week I started the, the series by, in the book of Titus, I talked about that the grace of God has appeared. And uh, what we talked about, that word appearing, is the word ep- epiphany. And, and uh, an epiphany is basically like this, this uh, superimposition upon time and space of something supernatural. So that's the word epi, is the first part of that. An epi occurred some 2,000 years ago that Jesus Christ came and the salvation of mankind was achieved. And for 2,000 years, we have lived under this epi, this occurrence, Christ coming to the world. And I want you to understand that billions of people have turned to God because of what Jesus did. Do you understand how our nation has been shaped, how our world has been shaped? The very calendar that you set your life to is shaped by the epi of Jesus Christ. The coming of Jesus Christ is literally the central moment of, of, of mankind. The Annos Domini in the year of the Lord happened after his birth and after his death. That's what we're living in right now. Before that was BC, before Christ. Amazingly, Jesus is the central figure of humanity, and he has shaped the world in an incredible way, in more ways than we even comprehend or understand. 
You know, we went into that last week and I encourage you to listen to that sermon online because there was foundational things that we wanted to set up this series on. But you know, I'm going to tell you that epi, that first epi, that first coming, that first appearing of Jesus Christ is not the end game. The end game as we went through the book of uh, the, the, the gospel, or sorry, the book of Titus there, he talked about the glorious appearing that is about to happen, the blessed hope of the church that soon there would be another epi that's about to occur. So the first epi was this first bookend, and then there's going to be another epi that's going to happen, Jesus' return to this world. And what an epi that's going to be. Every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ was Lord all along. He made a way for everybody to make their way back to God. And I'm going to tell you, every knee is going to bow because there's going to be no one that has an excuse that day. No one is going to be able to say, well, you weren't good enough. Well, you didn't give enough. Well, you didn't make a way for me. Oh, no, he made a way. He has made a way. And then in the middle, between these two bookends, we found out that we're living in the time of the living hope. We're in the living hope of waiting for that epi to happen. We're looking at it. We're saying, God, it's about to occur. That's what this series is about, is telling the church, guys, wake up, wake up, wake up. The epi is on its way. The living hope is about to return. And then we talked about, that, that verse talked about the grace of God teaches us to say no to ungodliness and to, and to worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. And this week we want to talk about really how are we going to do that? How am I going to build and add on goodness into my life? How do I add all these virtues in my life and begin to grow them. Because if you look at your life and my life, and I don't know about you, but I, you know, there's some things, I have some room for growth in this list. There's some things that I can grow in. So do you understand that, that when I focus on the living hope of Jesus' soon return, the epi that's about to occur, God empowers me to start living these virtues out and building them in my life a little bit at a time. And that's what we want to pray about, and that's what we want to talk about and we're going to be in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2 to 11. I was going to read the whole passage, but I'm going to actually be reading it as I go through my message. So I'm not going to do that. But if you want to turn in your book called the Bible to 2 Peter, Peter chapter 1, verse 2 to 11, we'll be bringing it up on the screen, but it talks about these virtues and how to add them in your life. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your spirit. God, you are incredible in every way. You are generous beyond measure. You are kind. You are the manifestation of every one of these virtues on the stage, Lord. And so I pray that as we abide with you, I pray that we will grow and mature in these things. Holy Spirit, we need you today to give us eyes to see and ears to hear, hearts to receive and to respond to you, to trust you, to rest in you, to be faithful as we look to you. In Jesus' name, amen. How do we live our lives in God? Well, number one, here it is. Understand that the foundation that is being offered to you 
understand the foundation that's being offered to you to build your life upon. That's, that's number one. You have to get the foundation. If you do not understand the foundation, uh, it, it becomes impossible to build this Christian life. And really, what is the foundation? In Second Peter, the very first verse says this, May grace and perfect peace cascade over you as you live in rich, the rich knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ. Then it goes on and says, Under God's generous grace, Everything we could ever need for life and complete devotion to God has already been deposited in you by his divine power. That's a pretty good promise. That, that one right there, that's, that's money. <laughs> that's money in the bank. Everything that you need for life and godliness has already been deposited in you. It's already yours. Everything that you need to build this life is already in you through the grace of God, through the grace of God that God has richly lavished on the church in Christ Jesus. Well, what has Jesus come to do that has helped us and that we can build our life upon? We could talk about Jesus uh, for the next 50 years and never hit the brush strokes of all that he has done. But I'm going to just hit a few thoughts for us to take away. What makes Jesus' coming, the first epi, something we can build our life upon? First of all, Jesus came to bring revelation. He came to bring revelation. And revelation uh, really is a proper understanding of God. That Jesus actually came to teach us the Father heart of God. He actually came to reveal God. And, and, and uh, you know, I think it's Evan and, and Shara Soper. I don't know if they're here today, but uh, are you guys here? They're in kids today. So they're, they're actually starting a Bible study. They're starting a Bible study group, Evan and Shara, called The Good and Beautiful God. If you don't have a Bible study group, I would encourage you to go and sign up for that right after service. It's just beginning in the new year here. And that whole Bible study is about who is God and what did Jesus come to reveal. He actually came to take away some of our, our mistaken thoughts about God and to establish correct thinking about God. And so I just encourage you, that is a great Bible study. Sign up to one of the other Bible study groups. You can do that. Jesus came to bring revelation. You can build your life upon that revelation. Amen? So he came also to bring righteousness. So what's righteousness? It's right standing with God. Do you know that righteousness is the pursuit of every religion in the world? Every religion in the world, I don't care if it's Whatever it is, if it's Islam, if it's Judaism, if it's, it doesn't matter what it is. You go down the list, all of them are doing one thing. They are pursuing trying to be right with God. So then what makes Christianity different than any other religion in the world? Well, Jesus Christ came to give you righteousness. You actually start at the finish line in Christianity. There, you're not pursuing God. You're not trying to reach God. God has reached you. It is the foundation point. It is the level ground. God has reached every single person who will believe him, repent and turn away from themselves and turn toward him. That is the foundation of righteousness. Are you with me? That's pretty cool. That everything you're trying to do to reach God, even wrong-thinking Christianity, you cannot do it on your own, but God will give it to you if you'll simply believe him. 
So we have relationship, a revelation, righteousness, and then there's relationship. It's not enough that Jesus made us right with God. Then he did something crazy. He said, by the way, I want to adopt you and bring you into the family of God. So that you're my brother, you're my sister, and together God is our father. Now, come on, guys. This is like, this is like the greatest amazing truth ever that you could build your life upon. That now God is saying, man, I love you. I, I've made you right with me. I've removed the barrier that's kept us separated. I'm revealing myself to you so you have a correct understanding of God. And then he says, now I want to adopt you and bring you into relationship with God, my father. And then he says, this is, goes even crazier. He says, then I'm going to change you. So I'm going to bring revival. He's going to take the dead parts of Greg Fraser and he's going to start establishing these incredible things within me and grow a life that brings glory to God. So that, I mean, that's, how many of you know that's a fairly good deal so far? Amen? That's a pretty good stuff. So we got revelation, we got righteousness, relationship, we've got revival, then we got the restoration of the kingdom of God. This gets crazy good because, you know, God looked at, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit only came upon certain people, prophets, priests, and kings. That's it. Everyone else looked at a distance saying, wow, wow, wow. But God says, no, 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 no more. Now the Holy Spirit will be within you. Every single one of you will be my priests and my prophets and my kings. I'm going to anoint you and I'm going to restore the kingdom of God and the power of the Holy Spirit operating in your life. Wow. This is getting pretty good, hallelujah. And then lastly, it goes crazy. He just says, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to represent and teach you how to be children of God. Yeah. How many of you know that's, that's something you should get out of bed for on a Sunday morning, just to start understanding those truths about what God is and who God is and what he's done. So here's the thing I want you to understand. Hang on, I'll be right back. This whole thing I'm just talking to you about is based on a word called faith. <laughs> Jesus said this, the work of God is this, believe in the one that he has sent. Do you believe it? See, faith, guys, listen, I'm gonna put this right here. Faith becomes the foundation. That's the foundation for all this. Just think of the stage kind of like the foundation for building my life. Now, it's not a great illustration because actually there's a lip on the stage and I could fall off. But think of this as the ground. Think of this as the ground level. Think of faith being on the ground, but for the sake of the camera. I hope we have the camera going. Good, good, good. You're going to have to follow me because I'm going to be dancing around and running all over the place. So, okay. So you're building on the foundation of faith. Are you following me? And it's a secure foundation. You're, you can't go anywhere. This is an amazing foundation that God is offering to you. Not only what Christ has done, but who Christ is. That you're coming into this incredible relationship. What he has done for us is so generous, so amazing. But look at what who he is. Second Peter 1 says this. For it was all lavished upon us through the rich experience of knowing him who has called us by name and invited us to come to him through a glorious manifestation of his goodness. The more I get to know him, the more I get to trust him and have faith in him. <laughs> that's, my, that's my word for 2019, if you remember. My word for 2019 is actually to start believing this. 
to a greater degree. That in the midst of a world going chaotic, in the midst of all kinds of foundations crumbling, in the midst of all kinds of things happening, how many of you know the kingdom of God stands? Jesus cannot be shaken. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I love that somebody posted on their Facebook wall. You see that one where it says, me in 2007, me in 2019. You ever seen that, those pictures? Yeah, they're scary, some of them. Sorry, just telling you. <laughs> but somebody posted this. Jesus in 2007, the same. Jesus in 2019, the same. Jesus in 2000 whatever, the same. Jesus in 300 BC, the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. Faith is our foundation. We begin at the finish line. And let me tell you something. Jesus Christ will be faithful to complete that which he has begun. You know, how many of you, I don't know if you figured this out. (laughs) God is not your project. You are God's project. And he's going to be faithful. Even if he has to drag you along, he'll, he'll be faithful. He'll be faithful. So it goes on and says, I want us to understand in the next part of our verse in Second Peter says this. Basically, I'll read it, but it's really understand you must choose which foundation you build your life upon. So you're being offered this foundation, but you don't have to build on this foundation. You don't have to choose this foundation. There's all kinds of foundations. We're going to look at them in just a minute. But here's what 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says, or 4 says. As a result of this, he has given you these magnificent promises that are beyond all price, so that through the power of these tremendous promises, you can experience partnership with the divine nature by which you have escaped the corrupt desires that are in this world. So devote yourself to lavishly supplementing your faith with, and then he gives you the list. I don't know if you caught that little phrase. It's quite a phrase. Experiencing partnership with the divine nature. That's an invitation. He's saying, guys, what are you building your life on? See, here's the thing. What are you devoting yourself to? It's not a hard question. It's easily answered. Show me your bank account. I'll show you what you're devoting yourself to. You know, tithing is the most practical form of discipleship God ever instilled into the church. But where do we put our trust? Where are we building our life upon? Will I trust God and say, God, uh, you know, I'm declaring my dependence upon you and my independence from the world by following your plan for my money, which is part of it, is tithing. Just saying. Quiet. Jesus. I don't know why. First John says, don't love the world's ways. Don't love the world's ways, you guys. Don't build your life on the world. See, the love of the world, when you love the world, the love, it squeezes out your love for the Father. You see, you have a choice. You have a choice every day, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. Practically, everything that goes on in the world, wanting your own way, wanting everything for yourself, wanting to appear important, is on its way out, it says. He who does what God wants will be set for eternity. 
But if we turn our heart to the world, right, and all it's wanting, 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 it's not going to work for us. We're building on a false foundation. Does that make sense? And really, it's our choice. What are you devoting yourself to? You're either going to build independent from God or you're going to build interdependently with God. Now, what did I say interdependently? Because it's not like God does it. You actually have something to do. It's not like God just magically produces goodness in you. You have a role to play. And and, and I think it's important for us to know that because we're interdependent with him. And here's the result of building with God. This is what 2 Peter goes on and says. So devote yourself to lavishly supplementing your faith with goodness. Pastor Matt, can I just get you to stack goodness? Because it says something in a moment here. It says, lavishly supplementing your faith with goodness. And to goodness, add understanding. So you're going to have to put the other, nope, the other way. Goodness, perfect. Then put understanding on top. Wonderful. Thank you for that, Pastor Matt. And then it says, and to understanding, add to your strength, add to that the strength of self-control. So add that for me, Pastor Matt. Thank you. And you're adding these things. You're adding these things. And then it goes on. After that, add patient endurance. If you can do that for me, that would be so good. Amen. And then after that, you can move that over here and put that one right over here beside me here. All four of those. That'd be perfect. Oh, thank you, sir. (laughs) Wonderful. That's a little bit heavy, I know, but you're a big man. You can handle it. Be careful. Don't let him tip. Okay, uh, right there. And that's good. Thank you. Okay, thanks. Now maybe just do these three alone. We'll put them beside that. That's good. So then we're going to add to that godliness, right? Hang on, where where are you at? Oh, yeah, add mercy to that. Good, good, good. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Add to that, and then add to that unending love, if you can do that. And these are these virtues God is saying, add them every day. Phenomenal, amazing, amazing, amazing. Pick that up from the bottom. Perfect. Put it right beside this one. That would be awesome. No, you want to go on top? Okay, go on top. Yep, go on top. Jesus, take the wheel. Hallelujah. Now, this is when it's good to speak in tongues. I'm just going to tell you. Thanks. You know what? I'm going to handle it from here. Thanks, brother. I might call you back up later. So don't go anywhere. Thanks. Let's, Let's thank Pastor Matt for his service. Amen. That's uh, so fun. Okay, so now understand something. Now, even though we built these, I want you to get this, even though because we had a lot, of, a lot of fun. Even though we built them sequentially like this, I want you to understand that's actually not how they're built. You're like, well, I don't know. It says add to it, so it means start somewhere and then add your way up. But actually, the word add is a super interesting word. You see, these, these virtues, guys, come through an abiding relationship with God. God actually establishes them and builds them into our lives actually just by being with him. That's actually how these virtues come into you. They're actually a fruit of your life with God. Now, I said to you the word add is a super interesting word. Do you know what the word literally is in the Greek? I'm going to read it to you and butcher it completely for you Greek scholars. Forgive me. It's uh, epichoreographe. Oh, Epichoreographio. It's two words in the Greek. 
Did you catch the first word? Epi. Which means a superimposition upon time and space that comes from outside of us upon us that ha- causes something to occur. Are you with me? And then choreographio. What do you think that means? It's dance. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Holly's like, amen, it's dance. So God is saying that I'm going to choreograph your life to build these virtues. Now, here's the key thing, really, really interesting. The word choreographo means to be a dance leader. So you need to understand this. Do you know who the dance leader of your life is? You. It's not God. You're the dance leader. And and the incredible thing is this. In our life with God, we have to lead in the dance until we turn the lead over to him. And how many of you know every day you have to turn the lead of the dance to the dance maestro, master, amazing guy named Jesus? And he's your partner. Do you understand? You you can build your life on faith. You can build your life on faith. You can build your life with God. You've been invited into a divine partnership with God. And every single day, Greg Fraser has to get up and say, you know, and a circumstance will come against me. Something will hit me. And I'm going to tell you, I have a chance to build something in that moment. Somebody punches Connor McDavid in the face during a game yesterday. And you can build something in that moment. Anger, bitterness, or mercy and grace for every Calgary fan. Mercy. Mercy. Come over here. I have to do something with the boxes. See, I wasn't building at that moment. I wasn't... Do you understand? In that moment, I can receive the grace of God. In that moment, I can have an epi with God, and I can say, God, would you please help me to not worry too much about what's happening in hockey right now? (laughs) Maybe I'm a little bit too concerned about this in the big picture of things, Lord. Build my life with you. Amen? So here it is, guys, (laughs) the non-hockey fan. Yeah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) here we go here it is this gets interesting now understand that when you don't build with God you still build you're still doing the dance you're still dancing guys that's the deal God is saying choreograph your life now do you want an epi to come alongside of you and be a partner with you or do you want to do it on your own See, here's what the text goes on and says in in Peter. It says, since these virtues are already planted deep within you and you possess them in abundant supply, they will keep you from being ineffective, inactive, and fruitless in your pursuit of knowing Jesus Christ more intimately. But if anyone lacks these things, he is blind, constantly closing his eyes to the mysteries of our faith and forgetting his innocence for the past sins that have been washed away. See, guys, listen to me. I have to constantly meditate on the fact that I can have faith in Christ. 
I have to constantly meditate on what Christ has done. All those R's I mentioned to you. I have to constantly think about the fact that I am already righteous. I have to constantly think about the fact that I'm in a relationship with God. I have to constantly think about the fact that only God can revive me. I can't add these things. As a matter of fact, we're going to find out when I try to do these things on my own, I end up with a perverted version of them. It never works. God has built the dance so perfectly, he says, unless you epi-choreograph your life with me, you can never really build the life of God. You see, nothing in the kingdom of God is separated from God. Everything in the kingdom is connected to him. Everything flows from him and everything flows toward him. Therefore, your whole goal of your whole Christianity is to grow in your relationship with God. That's it. Every spiritual discipline you do, when you're being called in a beautiful moment, in an act of worship, guys, I want you to present your life to God. I want you to worship him right now. I want you to press in. I want you to go into, and you're like, I don't feel like it. That's a moment for an epi. That's when you respond in faith and say, God, I'm such a loser, but would you help me right now? And suddenly he shows up. There's an epi that occurs. He's so good. (laughs) He's so good. But here, I told you there was other ways you could, there's other options. Here's the first thing you can do. Believe that you don't have to build a virtuous life. You see, this is, God forgive me and I repent for this. And I repent on behalf of pastors and leaders. I think the church has made a massive error in the last 40 years. I'll say 30. The massive error we've made is that we think that salvation is enough. Just get saved and then do whatever the heck you want. I think there's a lot of Christians that live there. I, can, I don't have to do this. That's a lot of work, isn't it? I want to run my own life. Who cares about goodliness? Who cares about self-control? Who cares about, I just want to do what I want to do. I want what I want when I want it. Wanting your own way. Wanting everything for yourself. Wanting to appear important. The world and all its wanting, wanting, wanting is on the way out. But he who does what God wants is set for eternity. That's our choice. Do I do that? The world, do I, do, you know, but the, the text warns us. He says, guys, if you do this, you're becoming ineffective and ultimately unfruitful in your faith. I'm going to just say something that's really kind of harsh. Are you ready for it? it? It's really hard to claim that you have faith if there's no demonstration of the, of, of the presence of faith. And the demonstration of the presence of faith is actually to care that you need to build this stuff into your life. It's not to try and do it on your own. It's at least to acknowledge that it needs to be done. Jesus kind of, you know, the word puts it a little bit differently. It says, gee, you guys, your life is not your own. You were bought with a price. The precious blood of Jesus Christ. (laughs) Come on now. 
An epi's about to happen. The grand epi's about to happen. The return of the king is coming. And every knee is going to know and every person's going to bow. Start building your life with God. So there's our first choice. We, We don't think we need to, but I'm telling you, you're becoming ineffective and unfruitful in your faith. Here's the second one, which is tough. We believe we can build it on our own. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So that's what the Pharisees did. Remember them, the the religious people in Jesus' day? So they tried to build this life on their own. So you know what they're doing? I want you to understand what they're doing is um, they're actually taking themselves off of the foundation of faith. That's what they're doing. And they do, they do crazy stuff. Ready for, this is what they do. <laughs> yeah, I know. Hang on, hang on. It's going to work. Tight grip. Oh, my Lord. Ah! Ah! How many of this is your life sometimes? You're trying to build it on your own, and it's really heavy. It's really heavy. And, and, and stuff starts falling down all around you. Anybody ever done that? Anybody ever look at their life, and there's like pieces of you laying on the ground? And so this is what the Pharisees did. And even the things that they built properly in their life, I want you to understand this. Even the stuff they built properly, you know, they never, they never really displayed the virtue, but they displayed a perversion of the virtue. You know, instead of holiness, they became legalistic. (laughs) Instead of purity, right, instead of love, they became, there was a perversion of that. Instead of mercy, right, they became judgmental. All those things became perversions of what was intended. And God wants you to understand that when you try to build your life on the own, you can't carry it for very long. You can't carry it for very long. And so you know what happens is we move from pride... We move from pride, thinking we're holding it together, thinking we're, whoa! Ah! To thinking we can't build it at all. So there we are. So my life becomes hiding and Thank you for moving faith. Faith is still the foundation. Just don't, don't think it isn't, okay? But you get that. This is the third group you have the choice. You can move from pride to condemnation. And condemnation then does this. It tries to justify itself. It hides. It blames. It distracts. How do we distract? Well... My life may not have all these virtues being built, but it's sure better than Justin Trudeau's life. Yeah, it is. Sorry, Justin. (laughs) Do you understand what we do? And we're exhausted, we're tired, and we're hiding, we're covering, we're blaming. That preacher doesn't preach good enough for me really to change, to give 
to love, to serve. We do all kinds of things and our life is in a ruin. And we're saying, what do we do here? So how do we build now that we're down? How many of you know this is actually a great place to build from? <laughs> this is actually the place where God wants you to build from. Because it, it produces humility for Greg Fraser to realize that his whole life is actually going to be spent walking with God to build these virtues, and I'm never going to come to the end of it. And so the place that I'm building from and the place that you and I need to build from is a place called repentance. It's a place where, see, now one of the things I want you to understand, you know, I fell there, but you know what I fell onto? Faith. The furthest I could fall was still being right with God. The furthest I could fall was into the loving arms of Jesus. The furthest I could fall, God already saw that I was going to fall. God already saw all the mistakes I would ever make and he picked me and he picked you and there you are. And there I am on the foundation that cannot be moved. So repentance is a beautiful word. It just means change your thinking. You have stinking thinking. Therefore, you need to change it. And you change it by saying, God, I'm sorry that I, A, thought I didn't have to build this life, B, tried to do it on my own, or C, just tried to hide and cover and blame and justify and blame and look away and distract. I just need to be honest and real and broken before you. And if I do that, and if I repent, and the Bible says in repentance, right, and rest is your faith. In quietness and trust is your peace. I don't know about you, but you know what's amazing to me? Every single time I repent, every single time I'm broken and honest with God, he meets me. There's not been one occasion where I have not been honest with God and I didn't have an epi. Every time I'm honest, I have an encounter with God. And you know what he does? He says, Greg, um, you fell. You screwed up. You blew it again. And he says, get up. I'll help you. I'll help you. So Pastor Matt, you can come help me because this is really hard to get up now. But that's, that's the whole thing, do you understand? I can actually get up, but Matt's going to help me. Come here, give me your hand. Matt is Jesus right now. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. So, you're, hang on, hang on. Here's the thing. The moment Greg Fraser repents, you can put these boxes back up. Because, you know, here's the thing you need to understand, guys. Uh, you don't lose what was built. Upside down. There you go. Jesus is having trouble right now. No, he'll get it for good. Do you understand? You can be, yeah, you can put it on top or beside. doesn't matter. 
What I'm saying is that the measure of character change that has happened in me is still there. <laughs> Amen. Now you're taken away from the sermon, Jesus. So, Amen. It's all about Jesus anyway. It is all about Jesus. Come back, Jesus. I'm sorry. Amen. But you know what? That's true, is it not? So don't feel like, you know, my life is wrecked. Just get up. Get up. Get up. And you say, well, I keep screwing up on the same thing. Get up. Jesus said, if you sin 70 times, seven times, get up. I'm going to tell you something about sin. Eventually, you're going to get sick of it. And eventually you're going to say, God, you're a better choice than stinking sin. And he says, oh, you're finally there. Yep. And guess what? You may blow it again. But you know what you do? You get up. And what do you do? You get up and you keep dancing. You get up and you keep dancing. See, when we're on the ground... We're honest about where we're at, and we ask our dance partner to help us up. And then we get up, and we keep dancing. We don't forget that we've been forgiven from our past sins. Do you understand that when you start trying to do this on your own, guys, you become a naval fuzz inspector? That's nasty, I know, but good. I wanted nasty thoughts in your mind for that. Nasal fuzz inspector is like, something's wrong with me. Something's wrong with me. There's something in my nasal fuzz. That's not a place to live. You want to be building your life with God, and as you walk with God, you begin to dance. And as you're dancing with God, you're going to find out the amazing thing is that you're dancing with Jesus. He's actually here. He's leading now because I let him lead. Like, Lord, lead. Okay, yeah, your hands be on my back. Okay, good. Yeah, amen. Thank you, Jesus. And he's building the virtues. Because you know why? You're not focusing on these things. I'm going to tell you a little story. And I've told you this in the past. I had a lady one time in our church, and she was a new believer. And uh, she struggled with smoking. And so she, but she loved Jesus. Do you understand? Her, her, her thought was not on smoking. It was on Jesus. And then one day, coming out of church, she lit a cigarette, and she was so excited, talking about the Lord, smoking her cigarette, and somebody drove by, and it was one of the Christians, probably from the church, yelled out of the window, I thought Christians didn't smoke. I called it a drive-by fruiting. (laughs) And then that lady, I'm going to tell you, she was in my New Believers class from that moment on for the next year, lived in torment trying to quit smoking. Do you know what she got focused on? Smoking. Instead of Jesus. And guess what happened? Her joy left. Her peace left. She would come to me and say, Pastor, I, I only smoked three cigarettes this week. I'm like, I don't care. God bless you. But you know what? Get your eyes back on Jesus. Remember how much joy you used to have? God will take care of the smoking. But you need to give it to him. And you've done that. Just keep walking with him. Amen. And some of you, like, you know, maybe you don't give a dime to the church. Well, start somewhere. Say, God, help me. Don't be condemned by the fact that I'm teaching on this. Say, God, help me to realize I need to trust you and your kingdom and your plan for my finances, not this world's. Start somewhere. Walk with Jesus. 
you got to keep dancing because here's the last thought, and we're going to close with this. I'm going to ask the band to come back. We're going to sing that last song. That's so good. That one that was just amazing about the last days. Good stuff. Understand at the end of the dance, the dance is just beginning. Yeah, you can take those down. Thanks, brother. Thanks, Matt. Matt did these boxes, didn't you? Great job, him and him and Kate. I need them for. I can't destroy them because I need them for next week preaching in in Bonacord. So don't tell anybody that they're coming with boxes. Here's the thing it says. Understand the end of the dance is the dance is just beginning. As a result, the kingdom gates will open wide to you as God, check this out, this word is actually in here, choreographs your triumphant entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Messiah. You're learning how to dance because you're going to be dancing for eternity. I'm going to bring a picture in a couple weeks, and I, I won't give it totally away, but my wife and I, I got my wife this picture for Christmas, and it's called First Moment in Heaven, First Day in Heaven. You guys are going to freak out when you see this picture because this girl is being embraced by God and the absolute elated joy in every cell of her body is in this picture and you can see it and the dance is on. So why don't we start dancing now? Amen? Why don't we start dancing? Just understand when you fall, you fall on the foundation stone. Faith allows you to get over yourself and to get up and to keep dancing. Let's pray. Hallelujah.